Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazzo, and I'm joined this evening, as always, by back alley certified heart surgeon Paul Giroux. If your chest is not on fire and you don't have a raging heart on, then I'm doing something wrong. And fake video game designer Sean Doyle. Wait, wait, wait. I'm the video game? It was time to watch a movie that started with the letter C. And we landed on the apparently somewhat beloved action flick, Crank, starring Jason Statham. But did it warm our exploding hearts? Let's find out. But first, how are you gentlemen? Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that you guys watched Crank? Because I watched Crank Yankers. <laughs> the beloved TV prank calling show with starring puppets? Yeah, it had seasons, something to do with, the seasons? with puppets making prank phone Was that the Jerky Boys? As puppets? I think it was inspired by. I don't think yeah, it was, it was them. Definitely in, no, I don't think it was them, but it was definitely inspired by. I don't know. This might have been better if it was puppets making prank phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Muppet crank. <laughs> I wouldn't not watch it. <laughs> I would watch the garbage out of that. It could only oh my help. Goodness. It, it's, it couldn't hurt. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's get to work, gentlemen. I mean, I Well, actually, you know what? Beforehand, have you guys seen the new Ghostbusters trailer? I did. No. I just saw it today. Yeah, it just dropped today. It yeah. uh, looks quite good. With Paul Rudd? Yeah, yeah. I saw that whatever the first trailer was that they dropped. The first, yeah. That, I'm, my interest has peaked. Yeah, I was already sold yeah. at that one. Um, but there was a new one, and I'm still sold. So That other trailer, I've been watching that trailer for a year. Yeah. It's a good trailer. Why isn't that just ready to go? I think they're just waiting for the right time, you know? Because there's still a lot of people not willing to go to theaters. So Is the right time October 30th? If they're just waiting for Halloween, I'll give it to them. Yeah, mm, I don't know. That would make sense. Halloween does seem like a better time, regardless of anything. Well, I guess the longevity of a movie and the, you know, the availability to, you know, I don't know, franchise it or make sequels or expound upon it or whatever is all contingent on box office. So if you know you're going to release it to a bunch of people not going to the movie theaters, then I guess their strategy is wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume there's, there's been a lot. I mean, I know there's been a lot of pushback with all the HBO stuff. Uh, you know, people aren't crazy about uh, being able to buy things like Black Widow or Ryan the Last Dragon on Disney Plus before, you know, at, while they're out in theaters. But at the same time, you know, it, it gets movies out there for people to watch them. Uh, and it, aren't some movies more, and I could just be totally wrong, but I think some movies, especially ones with a younger audience, I think a lot of the return they get is on the merchandise, right? Especially like anything with kids, right? Like cartoons in particular are like that. Like there was that Green Lantern cartoon that was great. It got great ratings, but nobody wanted to touch the action figures because the movie bombed. And so the show got canceled. Right, right. Like, so the, even the, the ratings had nothing to do with it. Because they're just like, oh, people love this show. It's great. But we're not selling any toys, so canceled. Yeah, I'm I don't just, know how that translates to movies. I'm just thinking when I was a kid, like, a new movie would come out. And, like, that Christmas, I would get all these toys about that movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I know the Ghostbuster toys were technically based on the cartoon. But the cartoon only came out because the movie was popular, right? Yeah, yeah, One yeah. fed the other, fed the other. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. All right, just well, uh, there's been a big thing with Disney Plus and and Black Widow that they, uh, I don't know. It's a big thing about the premiere access, and now the last one of these that they're going to do is Jungle Cruise. Like when Jungle Cruise comes out, they're going to do have it in theaters and do the premiere access. And then Disney plus isn't doing that anymore. Cause they got into some fight with the movie theaters from what yeah. I know. HBO still has this arrangement. So yeah, HBO and HBO was kind of the more, I guess, egregious one from, from a certain perspective, like the Disney plus ones, like why well, I pay for Disney plus and you want me to pay more to get to watch this, like you want me to rent this movie on a service that I already pay for, seems like a dick move. But also, it's like kind of contributes to the box office thing. So it's like they're not losing out on the the total amount of dollars being spent specifically on that movie. Whereas the HBO stuff is just like, nah, come watch her, watch it. You have HBO, this movie's yours. Have fun. And I kind of see how that would rub a lot of uh, movie studios the wrong way, but. I don't know. The whole thing's weird. Yeah, the Disney Plus thing. I mean, I've I've paid for a couple of the premier access things, but it would feel like far less of a punch in the gut if it was, you know, like ten or fifteen bucks, like a you know, like a ticket to a movie instead of thirty bucks. Like, yeah, it's like you're spending a family going out to the movie, which I guess, eh, I don't know. Which they know Which, your whole family's going to watch it, but it's still kind of a dick thing. Like I said with Black Widow, right now the movie theaters are like, I guess they're pushing to get people in there. We paid five bucks a ticket to see Black Widow at like six o'clock. We did not pay five bucks. We paid regular old movie theater prices. And there weren't that many people in the theater, which was, was kind of nice, but also... <sighs> Man. It's a strange situation that we're in right now, and things seem to be uh, moving backwards a little bit, or... Talking about you got to wear masks indoors now again, so uh, yeah, we that's got gonna this, be this Delta Burke variant. Yeah, you're doing a good job, America. <laughs> <laughs> you you did it, guys. You did it. Uh, all right, let's let speaking speaking of stupid things, let's talk about crank. Uh, <laughs> Man, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when i proposed this i was like how could this not be a winning situation right like you know it's a i was genuinely excited Ooh, but man. let's get the all right let's let's get the uh the important stuff out of the way here crank was released on september 1st 2006 it's distributed by Lionsgate. it was directed and written by a box of crayons uh <laughs> Actually, it was directed and written by Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor, who followed up this particular masterpiece with classics like 2009's Gamer, 2010's Jonah Hex, and 2011's Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I swear I didn't cherry pick bad movies from their career. This was this was the list. Bad Mark and Neville Bean. Bad Brian. What's your face? Bad. You're bad. <laughs> and of course, they uh, wrote and directed the sequel, Crank 2 High Voltage. Uh, it stars Jason Statham, Amy Smart, and Jose Pablo Cantillo. It tells the story of a contract killer, Chev Chelios, who after supposedly killing someone that someone else didn't want killed, gets injected with, quote, the Chinese shit, which will kill him if he doesn't keep his heart rate up. <laughs> I watched this. Uh, I did not pay for this. 
<laughs> and I feel very good about that. I watched this via nefarious means in my living room with my wife, and I ate an ice cream cone when I did it, and the ice cream cone was by far the most enjoyable thing of the evening. So I watched this. Uh, we, it was free on Peacock. You didn't have to use nefarious means. You could have just watched it. <laughs> stole it for no reason. <laughs> I still feel good that I stole it. It's just giving it's it the, away. It's the principal thing. I will not take it for free. I steal uh, I was going to try to watch everything on a different screen, so I was all set to watch this on my laptop, and then Jacqueline was like, I've never seen that. I want to see that movie. I was like, really? I don't think you want to watch this movie, because I have seen it before. Uh, I was like, I don't think you're going to enjoy this. And she was like, no, no, I want to watch it. So we watched on our TV, so that, that idea went right out the, the window. But... uh did she enjoy it? No. <laughs> <laughs> and we ate ice cream sundaes. Uh, we paused the movie in the middle and made ourselves some ice cream sundaes to, uh, to go along with it. And, and I got myself a monster energy drink to go along with it because I thought that was appropriate. And then when it got to that scene, I didn't realize this before. I, like, I bought the monster thinking, oh, I'll have this during the movie. That'll be appropriate for this movie. And then in that scene, they specifically didn't show monster. He grabbed a bunch of Red Bulls and Rockstar energy right, drinks. Right. I don't know if Monster wasn't out when this, or uh, maybe like they just didn't pay for the advertising. Or... Sean, uh, I can I can tell you something that's going to make you feel really snubbed. Monster mm-hmm. was on that shelf below the Red Bull. He never went for the Monster. Was it really? Wow, that son it of was. a bitch. What about you, Paul? How did you enjoy this? <laughs> How did you, you take what this a, one in? Do you know what a sectional is? Is that like a couch with multiple parts? Well, Ooh, wait, sort wait, of. wait, 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 wait. Is it when you tear your scrotum into two pieces? <laughs> Silver is metal it, wait, tribe, is it a, but no, it is not. <laughs> is it a satchel with multiple parts? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like plug the company because I don't know. You know, I don't know how what your rules are about product placement. But oh um, no, go go crazy. Nobody listens to this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just say this: I have a couch. That came to my house in multiple piece in multiple boxes, right? Like, uh-huh. like we we ordered a couch. I thought I took all the measurements right. Couch didn't fit. Didn't fit through my back door. Didn't fit into my basement. Didn't fit. So we had to move that couch into the living room, and then I had to like move the other couches around, and then you know for my basement for my my viewing den. Then I was like, well, now I need, you know, I got to have a couch that I can get down there. So like this sectional thing, it's like literally a couch that you put together and they shipped it to me. Like literally a a truck showed up and unloaded like 20 boxes and drove away. Um, (laughs) So we had it as like one long couch for a long time. But a couple weeks ago, we sort of reconfigured it. So it was like a couch bed. Like it was like. It was basically like four cushions all like fenced in with the like side parts. So like when we watched Crank. It's like two couches face to face? Yeah, kind of. Like Oh, that's awesome. We had this like, you know, this like very couch comfy fort. couch bed thing. <laughs> um so that's how I watched it on my couch bed sectional. But then the next day when I was watching some other movies that uh, I watched because I thought maybe these were movies that Crank wanted to be, so I figured I'd watch some other movies so that we could compare them on this podcast and talk about all the things that Crank wasn't. Um, but when I watched those movies, I reconfigured my couch, so now it's in an L shape. So 
I'm trying to uh, trying to give you a little more of what you want, Chris, of the how I watch these movies. So <laughs> since my couch is now a basically a collection of Legos that I can configure in different <laughs> ways, I will include that in my in my report. The fact that a company that named itself Sactional shipped you a bunch of pieces of couch in separate boxes and not in sacks instantly makes me hate them. If you're going well, to call yourself Sactional, ship things in sacks. The company is called Period. Love Sack, so the couch oh, is called that I know Love Sack. That only makes my point all the more uh, salient. But. I had a Love Sack. I won a Love Sack <laughs> in a video game tournament. It was one of the, the original, like, big, because they made bean, bean bags, Love Sack. Yes. Mm. And, like, that's how they made their name. Oh. Yeah, yes, I went uh, to a, a video game tournament in Brooklyn, and uh, it was supposed to be, like, the uh, the end of the um of the wizard, which is totally going to be my pick when we get to W. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was like, I practiced, like, my head off for this tournament, and then I got there, and I was against nobody who knew what they were doing. Uh, so I like kind of destroyed everyone in the first bunch of rounds, and then the last round was playing Super Mario Bros. three, like at the end of the Wizard, and it was awesome. And then I won a trophy that was shaped like the Power Glove, and I won a a, a love sack. Ah, this mm. li- this literally hears feels like hearing your childhood dream. It was one. It was one of the highlights. <laughs> enter a video tournament, video game tournament that was basically the Wizard. That sounds like everything you ever dreamed it would be. I mean, it was at a barcade in Brooklyn, so it wasn't quite so bombastic and amazing, but it, it felt that way. And like every all everyone who was running the tournament was like super like into it, like watching me beat these games. Like I had to do like the first level of Contra as fast as I could. I had to beat like the first six characters in Punch Out. And I just demolished everybody, and I felt so proud because, like, I am—I love video games, but I'm not that good at them overall. Like, I'm not great at them. I just love them a lot. Uh, but I practiced on these ones. I like—I went down, I watched YouTube playthroughs, and like, I really, really put the work in to to try and be good at these. And and I, I was pretty good, and I did it. I was very proud of it. Well, trophy still in my living room. Speaking of video games, this oh my movie- god. This movie oh my was basically God. a video game, question mark? I was so angry because this thing started off with like a video game title screen and it had all these like weird glitchy things and whatnot. It seemed to be like, okay, so there's going to be some sort of video game connection. That's kind of neat. But then there was no video game connection. I was like, so are you saying that this is just geared towards people like Call of Duty bros? Is that what, what this is about? And then there was a throwaway line like halfway through the movie. It was like, Remember how I told you I developed video games? Well, I'm actually a, a, an assassin. Like, that's the video game connection? One throwaway line that he, he pretends to develop video games? I'm so angry. Oh, that's, that's funny that you focused on that, because I don't even think I heard him say that. Like, I remember him saying that. Was this the first time you guys saw this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And did either of you take the time to watch Crank 2? Oh, God, uh, no. I watched half of it. Um, oh, please, tell me. How do they explain that he's still alive? Yeah, I so I um, yeah, I re- I I really like after this was over. Even though I had no interest in watching Crank Two, I kind of wanted to watch it just for the sake of being able to talk about it for the podcast. Um, and just then, real quick for our listeners, at the end of Crank, he falls out of a plane. Spo- spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. <laughs> he falls out of a plane. And doesn't land in, like, a dump truck full of pillows. He lands on a car. As in, like, he sh- his 
innards should have been liquefied by that. And and, and honestly, he may have died on his way down. Like <laughs> exactly the, the Chinese drug that was threatening to blow up his heart. The whole thing was, he got injected with again. <laughs> he got injected with a double dose of it. There's a good chance he was dead before he hit the car. <laughs> well, and let's be clear about this. He fell from such a height that he had time to make a rather lengthy phone call and leave yeah. a message. He had the clear... I mean, I don't know how the wind didn't just muffle that phone call away, but it was crystal clear coming through her machine. I am impressed with his, his phone carrier. I want that phone carrier. Was it Verizon? Was it AT&T? Well, they, they make that joke... They make that joke in Crank too. He sa- he says, you know, didn't you get my call? And she's like, what call? And they they play the answering machine message, and it's just wind. Um, oh, okay. But <laughs> anyway, okay, that's a solid gag. <laughs> yeah, I so I, like I watch I, I I wanted to watch Crank too because I wanted you know us to be able to to talk about that too, and then also I was I, I actually thought maybe it would be better than the first one. I was like, if the first one ends in such a way that he falls out of a helicopter, you know, and should be dead, then the second one can't take itself so seriously. Like, it, it, it will have to be what I thought this would be, you know, like, sort of tongue-in-cheek, more comedic. Like, it will have to, it will have to be more ridiculous and therefore more funny. Um, but it took itself as seriously as the first one. And it, it was basically the same movie. Um, the only thing that was sort of different and this was maybe a better choice, actually, was uh, it, they, it starts with the, the triad guys removing his heart because, like, the main triad guy wants his heart because he's, like, <laughs> obviously got the best heart ever. He's withstood this poison and, you know, whatever. So they take out his heart and they put in an artificial heart. And to keep going, he has to keep juicing himself with electricity to keep his artificial heart going. Um and I, I watched half of it, and then I gave up. Wow, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I think I know why, Paul. Did Did you recently like watch the Transporter for the first time? You're like, this was a great action movie because that's one of the best action, in my opinion. That's like a top ten action movie right there. The Transporter, that's solid. And then you were like, oh, I want to watch more like this. Is well, that what happened here? Then I'll watch. I'll watch the Transporter. Then no, um. It came out of the fast movies, right? We, yeah, we watched um oh. yeah, all the fast movies and Jason Statham is the villain in the seventh Fast and Furious movie. And you know, he's like he's good. Like he's he's I, I don't know if that one was the best movie, but like he's a solid villain and like very enjoyable to watch. Um then in the eighth movie, they make him part of the team. Um, which is a thing they regularly do in these Fast and Furious movies. Like somebody's a villain and then they have to team up with them in the next movie. Um, but apparently it was a big friggin' deal that they made Jason Statham part of the team because uh because he he sort of like kills this beloved character in the previous movie and they're like, How could they work with this guy? You know, like he he how would they forgive him for this egregious sin which is true it's like unbelievable um but he in the eighth movie he had really great chemistry with the rock like they were so funny together which is obviously why they made that spin-off movie um but we you know we watched the fast and the furious movies and in the eighth one jason statham's hilarious he's got this really funny scene with a baby um 
And my wife thought that was funny. And then we watched Hobbs and Shaw and we liked it. And then we were on this Jason Statham kick. So we watched Death, Death Race 2000, which was, you know, pretty good. And then, yeah, I was psyched for these movies and they were so wait, a thing. You, you've, never, you've never seen Transporter? Never seen Transporter. Me neither. Oh, no, that's, that's, oh, God, <laughs> I misunderstood what was going on here. That's the one you should watch. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite Jason Statham action movie. He is that that it's a great action movie. It gets a little ridiculous again in in the action movie genre, which I give I give some leeway there. It's you know it's an action movie. It's not a movie movie. It's an action movie. But as far as action movies goes, Transport is great. Well, you you know what else was weird about this, right? Like like you know I, I when when I think of Oscar winning acting acting I I don't necessarily think of. Jason Statham, um, but what he does, he does well, and you know he sort of like he sort of fills this certain niche of like you know of of action film hero kind of guy, um, and he is funny. Like I've seen him in some of these things that are comedies, and he like he is when he, when it's the right script, he is funny to watch and he you know God, he, he was can, great in snatch yeah he can throw some zingers out there um how long on them sausages charlie <laughs> five minutes ten minutes ago but the, oh, he was great the other thing that seems to be crazy about him is like he can do some crazy stunts like in hobbs and shaw i'm pretty sure it was not a stunt double and he's like parkouring off stuff like he's he's climbing things and jumping off them he sort of had to escape from this prison and like it was amazing watching the the like stuff that he did, um, and I, I'm sure he's done that in other action movies, like which is why he's this action star. So that's what the transporter is. Yeah. It's, it's so why was why was this so? Bleh, you know. I mean, this was such a great idea. Like I said, I was so excited for this movie, and then it, it just it, you said it took itself so seriously, and it was all. I didn't think at first. I laughed a lot. Because I didn't think it was taking itself as seriously as it seemed to be taking itself. Because, I mean, it was just so completely ridiculous. And it was shot like an episode of MTV Sports. There was just all these weird jump cuts and visual effects going all over the place. Like, it was so extreme. And <laughs> and it was so bad. It just it kept going and getting, like, worse and worse as it went. And I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. Like, I thought uh, Jason Statham is great in comedy. And he's, de- I, I've, I don't remember if I've actually seen the transporter, but I know he's a very capable action guy. So, a, a, a premise this stupid, there was no way this wasn't going to be great, unless they took it really seriously, which they kind of did. Yeah, taking uh, it, taking it seriously is the is the active thing here, you know, because um, I. Yeah, I thought, like, how could this not be a winning thing? He has to keep his heart rate up to stay alive. Like, he's going to do ridiculous stuff. And at one point, I was like, maybe they needed a different actor in this role. Like, maybe they needed a more comedic actor. And then I was like, no, I've seen him do funny stuff. Like, I I know he could, he can, I know he could be the right guy for this if it was the right kind of script. You know, it was just that... They, yeah, they really wanted to, they, they were really trying to make some gritty crime drama um, with this ridiculous premise. Uh, and it, it would have been better if it, if it took itself less seriously. 
So um, when you say with a different act, you mean like Chevy Chase or <laughs> sure. <laughs> Chevy Chase as Ch- Chase Chevy. What is he? Chev Chelios. Chev Chelios. Chevy Chase. Chev Chelios. Chev Chelios and Trank. <laughs> That's what I want to see. It's the opposite of Crank. It's Trank. He has to put himself to sleep. <laughs> I'll, I'll pitch oh, you a movie God. that combines Caddyshack and Crank. <laughs> Cranky Shack. He's got to He's got to win the golf tournament, but keep his heart rate over. 50 beats per minute. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, let's, even getting past the, uh, just the general crappiness of what we were watching with, like, it was so, it was so Call of Duty bro. Like, this movie was so male fantasy. It was just through the roof. It was difficult to watch. There was, there was something you said, Chris. What did you say about the camera work or the, Editing MTV or sports, something, jump cuts. Yeah, it reminded me of MTV Sports. Um. MTV Sports. Yeah, like that was. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, like there was all these things that they tried to do that uh, where they had you know subtitles for certain lines, or they had these visual jokes, or sometimes he's like talking on the phone to somebody, and you could see that person like projected on a wall that he was running by, or something like yeah. that. Oh, this this movie has a multitude of sins. One of those sins is too many automotive phone calls. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, like they were trying to do all this fancy stuff, and like at one point, I was like, you know, if they if they like leaned into this more, it would have even been better. Because um, uh, one of the movies I watched when I was like, maybe Crank was trying to be some of these other movies. One movie I watched was a. Uh, Run Lola Run. Have either of you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I was probably made, I don't know, six, seven years earlier or something like that. But it's it's the same half hour three different times. Basically it's a German movie, so basically they're trying to they there's this drug deal going wrong and they have to get a hundred thousand dollars, but it's German, so they have to get a hundred thousand Deutschmarks in a half hour before uh before the you know the guy comes to collect and there's a couple of them where they fail and then the clock sort of resets and you see it with if if things went slightly differently this is how it might go and if things went slightly differently this is how it might go and uh you know obviously since they have a half hour to get this money it's like fast paced and it's a lot of people running and it's all like kind of scored to this like heart pounding techno music but they like they lean into these crazy things like sometimes it'll you like sometimes they'll be running and then it'll be like an animated sequence you know and you'll see it like a cartoon and then sometimes it'll be like in black and white or sometimes they show really fast snapshots to you know show you what happened on a thing and you know I, I like i almost even thought if the if crank was more like outlandish with you know different tricks um it, it would have been more watchable you know like they they kind of did some of that stuff but like in a like a i don't know like yeah an mtv sports kind of way and so you, you mentioned the guy on the wall when he was on the one phone call did you catch uh, when he was in the car on the phone call the guy was in his rearview mirror tiny the uh, vote for Pedro guy. Yeah, yeah. Vote vote for Pedro was in his mirror. 
Yeah, it was in like the rearview mirror, on, like the on the side of the door or whatever. But it was tiny, um, and I definitely missed that the first time I watched this years ago. And like, it made me think. I think I'm missing other stuff. Like I like they really they gave you the one on the wall pretty big, and it was obvious. And then I'm like, am I missing a lot of other little things? Um, and I think you're right. I think they should have. I feel like maybe they. They roped it in incorrectly. I think they had other weird stuff going on, which I kind of liked because, like, the drugs were affecting his brain or whatever. That one scene with the Japanese guy in the elevator, I'm pretty sure, and they didn't really sell the joke enough. I'm pretty sure when we're looking at his face, Jason Statham, he's reading the... He's supposed to be reading the uh, subtitle, right? (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. I think that's what they were trying to sell with that shot, but they didn't didn't put their heart into it because, like, you're facing the Chinese guy, and there's a subtitle, and then all of a sudden you're facing Jason Statham, and you can see the back of the subtitle. Right, Why yeah. would they be showing me that unless they're telling me that Jason Statham's reading the subtitle? Which is kind of funny, and like, I don't know, he's, he's on, you know, whatever drugs is in him is making him crazy or whatever, so like, I'm kind of on board. You know, it, it was like, it was almost clever, and it was almost funny, and they just didn't... Uh, I don't know if they, they undersold it or oversold it or, or something, but I, I feel like they, they missed the mark on that a couple times. It was like a close call. Well, they didn't quite do it. When it's like, yeah, they really didn't stick the landing. When it's the one gem in the pile of turds, it's a little bit hard to <laughs> you know appreciate it. I, I, but what you're saying about it being one gem in a pile of turds, like that's the thing. Like This idea was a gem. This should have been great. It was... It was such a a constant missed opportunity, like piece after piece of it. Like I laughed a bunch of times during this, and uh, until it just stopped being funny, where it was like, "Oh, this is just making me uncomfortable now." Like this is really just genuinely awful. Like I mean, God, the the homophobic bits in there were really just just gross, and uh, everything was super broy, and I just. I know you're supposed to hate villains, but God, I hated watching that villain guy. It was so awful. Like everyone was awful. <laughs> Nobody was likable. There, there, there was. Well, yeah, this movie has a multitude of sins that I kind of tried to keep a running tally of. But you, you mentioned uh, homophobic stuff. There was a lot of racial stuff in there, man. Like, yeah, and like, and um, again. I try after the day after I watched this movie, I tried to watch some other things where I was like, was this their inspiration? Like, was this their plan? Um, but one of the things I watched was uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but like the way that there was some of these, I don't know, gangs or um, whatever you want to call them, like, uh, 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 you know, groups of villains uh in this movie there was the the triad people and you know there was that uh gang in that sort of like weightlifting thing that he goes to in the beginning to get the location of the guy which was completely weird like at that point he didn't even know what was wrong with him and he's asking for cocaine um but anyway uh yeah, he he throws out some pretty racist stuff there. Um, Chris, you mentioned that he keeps calling it that Chinese shit. There was one time when mm-hmm. he, I think he pointed to somebody and said they were Al Qaeda, and I was like, Yeah, yep, like oh, that was that was terrible. 
Oh my god! Like, it was a threw the guy out of the car and started yelling Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda, and then everyone mobbed the guy. I was like, oh my god, that was and and, and that was awful. The, the reason I bring up Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is because it it didn't seem weird to me that there was I I don't know what you want to call I I guess I've used the term gangs, but like that there's uh let's say that there's not a lot of diverse representation in the criminal underworld, right? There's like sort of groups of people um that are all you know that are all of the same ethnic background like that's not weird to me because that's like you know that's probably a thing that happens in life and it's sort of more realistic that art mirrors life and that you know i mean even in um lock stock and two smoking barrels there was um you know there was sort of the uh one you know gang of the the black guys and there was um you know, there was there was different groups in that movie, which is a, a far superior movie, obviously. But um, it, it's not weird that the representation looks that way in this sort of criminal underworld. It's weird that they needed to draw attention to racial stuff like they could have just, you know, he could have just they all had guns. He could have just gotten into a fight with them. Yeah, they they did not need to go. They did not need to do what they did in those directions. And in a similar uh, a similar respect, there were. Uh, this this movie was also not very kind to women. Um, Holy for crap, the first dude! Chunk of the for the first chunk of the movie, women were literally decorations. There were no speaking roles for women until I think Amy Smart showed up, and the only women you saw were naked women dancing in the background, or or just in, in cages or something. Like they were literal say, decorations. The, the movie, the last scene of the movie, there was literally girls hanging right, from and, decorations, and the, like the pods were, and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that was also pretty troubling. Like it was also. I mean, it was definitely part of this whole male fantasy thing because everywhere that they went, all the the characters that they glorified, even as like the bad guys that they glorified as like men with power, all had women surrounding them as decoration. Like, not as people, not just, just, this movie treated women like trash. And then there was the whole, like, Amy Smart's character was relatively entertaining. I, I think Amy Smart's pretty fun to watch. Um, the, uh, the sex scene, though, was a little, uh, it started off really rapey. I, I was just, and then, I was just about to say, <laughs> like, hold the phone there. You want troubling. You want to talk about troubling. Was, was that a sex scene or was that a rape scene? Like, she says no twice and she punches him. And then she changes her mind, which is, I believe, the male power fantasy, right? That's, that's no means yes. That's like a whole thing with this type of audience that this movie seemed to be courting. And it's, fucking gross so the i don't know so the the girls that were de you being used as decorations you're right it, it uh i think the lack of a role for a woman other than that is the problem the the fact that the woman the the women were in like the balls or whatever i thought that was supposed to be showing that these were the bad guys Right, I thought they were trying to make us not care when uh, the quote-unquote, we'll call him the protagonist, uh, when when he was killing these guys. They have to paint these guys as bad guys real quick. And I thought most of it, most of the, you know, what appeared to be abuse towards women was set so that we 
I, th- I thought they were just trying to identify the bad guys. So I, I kind of let that go. Like, that wasn't the <laughs> problem for me, because I was like, right, these are the bad guys. They've, you know, they're whatever. They're, they're bad guys. They're doing bad things. I would have bought that. I would have bought that more, except for, like, it seemed like they were painting them in a light of, like, look at how much power I have. Like, yes, you're supposed to hate these people, but you're also supposed to be, like, somewhat envious of them. And Chef Chelios also was one of these people. Like, he worked with them, and he was also running around calling people faggot and stuff. Like, there was no likable part of this, so it never really occurred to me that that was not intended to be glorified, because you're supposed to like this guy who worked for these guys. and like. He would have given it up to be with Amy Smart, who he didn't really particularly seem to like all that much either. So, I don't know. I, the, the whole thing just felt super gross. But yes, particularly the rapey scene was super gross. Um, that and the, the yelling Al-Qaeda thing were probably the things that stuck out to me more than anything else. I, I think I'm on the same page as Chris with this. Um, uh, because... You know, Sean, I think it's interesting that you just referred to him as the protagonist because, like, you can't call him the hero. He's, like, he's not the <laughs> hero of the movie. Um, but he is the main character of the movie, and we're supposed to invest in him, and we're supposed to go, you know, we're supposed to root for him. We're supposed to go along with this journey, right? The, f- I mean, I could be wrong, but the first time he does any kind of redeeming thing is when he tells Amy Smart that, you know, he was he was giving up this life for her, that, like, that's why he's in this predicament, is he was trying to get out, and he didn't, he didn't assassinate that, you know, that triad guy, uh, because, you know, he wanted to leave the business and, and run away with her, or whatever it was, right? Um, and that's, like, a fucking hour into the movie? Like, that's, like... The the movie was literally half over by that point, you know, and prior to that, we saw him drive through a mall, uh, you know, um, yeah, like, uh, start a gang war, uh, rob a gas station. I mean, he could have paid for that stuff, you know, like, he's, a, he's like a highly paid assassin. Like, he could have just put it on a credit card. <laughs> it's not like he's going to be around long enough to pay off the credit card. Put it all on a credit card. The, uh, you know, there's, I think in, at some point, I'm going to say the nineties or the two thousands, I feel like movies really started moving away from, it, it was easy. It's easier in the old movies. The, the protagonist is a hero. And I feel like there's a lot of movies where there is no hero. And I think my mind is just kind of adjusted to that where it's like, I'm not invested. Like when I was watching this, I'm not invested with him the way that I am with whatever, uh, Wendy and Peter Pan or Dorothy and Wizard of Oz, where it's like the protagonist is the good guy. Uh, he's the bad guy. I don't think he had any real redeeming moments because you're saying his redeeming moment was when he said he didn't want to kill anybody anymore. <laughs> like he's going to stop actively murdering people. To say that that's redeeming is 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 kind of... that's a It's redeeming by this movie standards. <laughs> right. So it's like I, he's the bad guy. The other guys are bad guys, too. I mean, 
honestly, at the end <laughs> the guys of the are sort of worse guys, but not by at, a at lot. At the end of the day, the more the more kills this movie racked up, probably the better for society in general, right? I mean, <laughs> everybody's the winner as he's killing off the bad guys while they're slowly killing him. Uh, the only real good guy in the movie, I think, was uh, was smart. I mean, she didn't do anything wrong. She seemed nice enough. She but thought I, he programmed video games. Right. She seemed like, I mean, a druggie. <laughs> but as far as that goes, I mean, she didn't seem like she was hurting anyone else. So, I mean, we'll, we'll call her the good guy. You can have movies that are mostly bad guys, you know, like uh, certainly the anti-hero idea is a popular one. And that's why we, you know, we watch things like The Punisher and stuff like that. Like that's, you know, like rooting for the bad guy is certainly a thing, but like you still got to like the bad guy. Like, I don't feel like there was anything that set him apart from the worst guys, you know, like j- just that he was the one we were following. He wasn't particularly likable. Right. No, I, 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 I agree with you on that. I think with, see, but I do like Punisher. So I think when there's an anti-hero, we say anti-hero, but the word hero's in there. So like Punisher, like you, you disagree with him. But on his level, he's the good guy. And they they explain his motives enough that you can understand his perspective. Right. That's what makes that work. Right, and you can agree, and you can sit there and you can agree with the other characters in that about stopping him. You can agree with, you know, Daredevil or whatever and stopping the Punisher. Uh, But at the same time, the Punisher doesn't become the villain because he is doing what he thinks is right. So he's a problem. He's not a villain. Whereas everybody in this movie, it's not like Chelios thought it was right to kill people. Like he, he knew he was wrong. Like that's why he wanted to stop. Uh, so everybody in here is the bad guy and it's not anti-hero. It's bad guy, it, which I think is a little different. They're all just bad guy. There's no anti-hero. Uh, and there's just no one to, there's no one to root for in the movie. It's more like just watching a piece of a story unfold. And again, I, I think you, you know, best outcome, everybody dies. <laughs> the crank world is a better place. And that's what happened, except they made a sequel. Except somehow he didn't <laughs> somehow die. Somehow he didn't die. Somehow his innards were not liquefied, and uh, he lived to see another day and another movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take ourselves a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we will finish our discussion about the, the wonderful, glorious Crank, starring Jason Statham. You're listening to a theater near you from geekade.com. Stick around. And now here's a quick look at some of the original content available now from our partners and geekade.com. First up, the Noble Bidet. If you listen to the Stone Age Gamer podcast, you know that my partner Dan is a connoisseur of butt sprayers and something of a bidet evangelical. So when he heard that the fine fellows over at the Weekend Rental podcast had finally followed his obviously correct advice regarding backside maintenance, he was thrilled. The boys spent some time this week discussing just how much of their lives have improved since welcoming bidets into said lives. But if anal cleanliness isn't what you're here for for some reason, they also discussed the recent sealed Super Mario 64 insanity and some other video game related things as well. Squirt some water up your crack and give a listen to Weekend Rental episode 104, The Gamer's Bidet Up. Next, podcasts are great, but sometimes you just want to watch a man in a vest play video games online. 
fortunately for you and really all of us, Dean the Vest Lord DeFalco exists to satisfy that very specific need. And it is a need. Join him every night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch for lots of joyous game playing. What game will the Vest play next? Uh, it actually turns out it was Blaster Master Zero on my recommendation, and it seems that he liked it. But you'll have to tune in to his channel to see more. Head on over to twitch.tv slash vest underscore lord for all the gaming goodness you can handle. Finally, on an all-new SNES podcast, Greg and Joe discuss the weird and wacky puzzle game Yoshi's Cookie. Mario and Yoshi are in a cookie factory, and they have to make the cookies disappear, but not by eating them? It's a weird one, but it's still considered a classic. Find out why in the SNES podcast episode 167, Yoshi's Cookie. For all this great content and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on Geekade.com. <laughs> Hey, hey, what's going on? It's the best dress in a vest. Easter, the West. None can contain the vest. And let me tell you something. I got something real special here for you today. You're never even going to know about it. You've never heard of it before. I mean, you might have, but you probably never heard of it before. And that are the chairs from Ewin Racing. My God, they are comfy. I'm sitting on one right now. And I got to tell you, between the, the extensive back tilt, the body tilt that you can get on the chair, just the rigidity of it all, and like it comes with this awesome lumbar support pillow like i could game for hours man i feel great 110 percent all the time thanks to this ewin night series chair and you know what you can get one yourself too you can head on over to ewin racing and when you buy one of the chairs you can go ahead and type in the coupon code geekade and get yourself 20 percent off and you know what it's just not the vest lord that's feeling ewin it's boggy games radar i mean pc gamer ign guys these are legit companies it's not just your your old boy the vest lord here everyone's into these chairs and you should check them out it's definitely one of the best chairs you can get for 200 or under. And if you need something a little more spicy, a little more expensive, a little better, they got stuff for you too, man. Go ahead, check it out right now. Ewin Racing, best lord approved. And now back to the show. Just seriously, the, the amount of disappointment I had that this wasn't just a super fun... I'm thinking like the levels, you know, maybe not quite A-team levels, but that kind of personality of just being just so unbelievably stupid that it, it couldn't possibly take itself even remotely seriously. So uh, let's, just, let's just go nuts. Let's be stupid with it. And that they didn't own that was such a disappointment to me. I was so excited for this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the first, like, sort of egregious sin that the, that the movie has is, like, why does that guy even inject him with that stuff in the first place? Like, right? that guy has been brought in to, to eliminate him, right? Like, he... he he broke the he he broke the rules he broke the contract of his employer and then somebody else you know has been brought in to to fix the problem why not just no take him out no that's not like why that's not what happened that's not what happened no nobody knows that that chinese guy doesn't get killed 
Uh, yeah, nobody knew that. That nobody guy just that. wanted him dead because uh, like he didn't like him, right? Wasn't that but it? Or, didn't he? That was his motive behind didn't it. Didn't he go to his his employer, his, his handler? Like that was the scene where he was in the pool. Yeah, that was his handler, and then that's where he found out that his handler was working with the guy that injected him with the stuff. And I don't remember why. And his handler let him get killed because. All right, so his handler, <laughs> pool guy, told Chelios to kill the Chinese guy. Chelios didn't, but asked the Chinese guy to pretend like he's dead for two days. The Chinese guy pretended like he was dead, and that apparently, instantly, Hong Kong's. That's right, Hong Kong. That's what they said. Hong Kong started breathing down pool guy's throat because they were mad that he took out this other guy. So then pool guy was like, this is too much heat. I gotta, I gotta make things okay. I gotta, I gotta make it seem like I got hurt too, or, you know, I already, they already got payback or they're going to try to kill me. And my way of making it look like I got, they got payback that we're even now is I'm going to let this other guy who's unincorporated with anybody kill Chelios because everybody knows I love Chelios. So when they see that Chelios is dead, they'll say, okay, it's even. Um, so then he hires uh, Baldy to uh, kill Chelios. And Baldy hated Chelios, and I don't think they ever told us why. I don't think so either. I, I just got the impression that it was a rival guy that just hated the guy. and For no apparent reason. Yeah. And then why they use that thing, that's where you're right. Why the fuck did they use that thing? Moreover... Why would they make a video of it? Like, what if he just left with that video, went to the cops, and was like, I'm going to die. They killed me. Here's the proof. <laughs> like, he just videotaped himself killing the guy. Yeah. And then left the guy with the DVD. And then, when Chelios is watching the DVD, they make it clear that they're recording him in the room watching the DVD, but the doors aren't locked. So, why did we do this? Yeah, there was a, it was a very elaborate plan. How can a recording of him be on the DVD? No, I don't think that... Well, no, maybe. I think the way it was shot, <laughs> we were looking through the camera while he was looking at the DVD. But still, they, they, were trying they, to record, tell, they, were, they took the time to record him getting injected and then, like, edit this thing together, burn it to a DVD. <laughs> I think us seeing him watching the DVD was the movie people, the, the director, trying to show us that he was being recorded. That's what I took that shot to mean. So you're, I thought you're it was saying, the director trying to convince us how cool he is. You're saying, I was, <laughs> you're saying I was watching the camera shot within the movie and not the camera shot within the movie within the movie. Exactly. Exactly. Nailed okay. it. Got Great. him. Got it. And they, they could well, have done a better job explaining that or explaining why... They were recording him watch the movie. Why the first chunk of the I movie think, was in first person? Because Karen said, if the whole movie's like this, I'm out. I think everything that you've explained is needlessly complicated. I, th <laughs> I, think, I think if that guy really wanted to kill him, there was better ways to do it than to do the like old-timey 1960s Batman show plan and go like, I've, I've said in... I set in motion a, a system of events that is going to kill you eventually, and I will bask in my own evilness while I tell you about it, right? Like, that never works for anybody except the hero. And then, yeah, why did he pick up? Like, if he got up and he felt that awful and he'd been knocked out the night before, why is his first instinct to pick up this DVD? Like, go see a doctor. 
And what did what did Baldy? I can't remember his name. The the, doesn't the assassin doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What did he think Chelios was going to do with his like? I know they didn't think he was going to make it that long, but what did he think he was going to do with like an hour or two to live? Clearly, he's going to get a gun and try to kill you. And since he doesn't care if he lives or dies, because you've already said he's going to die, he's going to come like he's one of the best killers in right. the world. Just this an is instant a bad firefight. Idea. Like it. I, I'm not saying he was going to be successful necessarily, but it it's an unnecessary risk. And then, like, he was shocked when this shit happened. It's like, of course this happened. What do you think was going to happen? I, it's wild. It's wild. Really, just thought this was going to go down without a fight. Like, now I get to watch you through this weird video footage die. Like, when I could have just, you know, stayed there and watched you die. Yeah, the tie him up, chain him up. You've Do got everything in the world, guys, and lots of guns. Yeah, just fill them up with some kind of poison, and then like, don't leave. Just kind of hang out there and watch them die. There were so many better ways to do this. And if you were going to have, like, I was hoping it was going to be some sort of like, you know, mad scientist or something that just like, well, I thought I was injecting you with a superhuman formula, but instead, <laughs> it's going to make your heart explode unless you don't keep your heart rate up, and then like. He goes out to try to kill the mad scientist or something. I don't know. I don't know what the plot should have been, but it shouldn't have been this. <laughs> well, all right. So, so that that leads me to my my next egregious sin about this movie. I think the first egregious sin is this, you know, the fact that it's the old timey Batman show plan. Um, but uh, yeah, like we, I, I sort of mentioned before, like when he does the first couple things in this movie, which is go, you know, go see that gang so he can get the location of baldy and then i think he even goes to his handler and there's that pool scene and then it it might be it might be after that scene that he actually or maybe it's between the two scenes i don't know i think it's when he's driving through the mall that he actually hears from that doctor as to like what will keep him alive which is keeping his heart rate up um so up until that point, he's just been guessing, um, which, you know, it's like, that's not a, it's not a bad, it's not a bad, uh, you know, idea for the movie, right? That like, there's some trial and error of this and he realizes if he keeps his heart rate up, he feels better, you know, in, until someone verifies that for him. But what the hell was gained by having that doctor be unavailable until like the end of the movie, you know, like, like it would have been the same movie if he went to the doctor at the beginning. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree. Yeah. And like, he could have kept giving him more information as he goes along or something. But I will say that I genuinely laughed out loud at the driving through the mall bit. That was pretty funny. A little reminiscent of blues brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they were purposely trying to give a nod of the hat. I kind of liked it. I was like, yeah, all right. Blues I feel like I don't want to give him that kind of credit, but yeah, no, it was, uh, <laughs> I, I I liked that bit. That was it was still towards the beginning of the movie where I wasn't sure where it was going, and I thought it was just going to get more silly from that point, and you know, it didn't. It got less silly. The the doctor, um, which yeah, I don't know at what point when you, you want to talk about that doctor because that was like that was a completely bizarre addition, I guess. I guess it kind of made sense, right? Because he's like a ma a mafia doctor, um, mm -hmm. so like I I guess it made sense that you know that was his 
you know, that that's what his insurance plan covered, right? Is, you know, Dwight Yoakam as the, uh, as the mafia doctor. Um, but when, so at one point the doctor tells him, go to the hospital and get epinephrine. So that seems like it should have been his first stop, right? Like (laughs) Uh that seems like it's the thing that should have kept him going. And then when he finally does end up there at the doctor's, he hooks him up to a insulin pump, right? That is feeding him some kind of stimulant. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it was insulin in there, but yeah, it was like an insulin pump that he duct tapes to his back, I guess, to like give him a a nice steady drip of, I don't know if it was epinephrine or, or whatever stimulant. So like that might've, uh, I don't know, made the movie make more sense and have like a better flow to it. If he just got that thing at the beginning, right. Or like close to the beginning. Cause there was sometimes that he, was like having a conversation and his heart is slowing down and then he's got to, you know, do something. And you're like, like if you have to keep your heart moving, why are you sitting down in this restaurant and having a meal? Right. Um, and then there was sometimes when, uh, you know, the movie seemed to do a really good job of showing you that like, he just needed to fucking be on the move. Like when he was running from the hospital, um, with this giant boner or when he, uh, or when he, um, uh, I guess, you know, that scene in the car when, like, he's driving and she's performing a sex act on him. You know, like, there was things that were that were sort of supposed to be fast-paced and crazy. And I think if in between that stuff, he had this little machine to keep him going so that he could have expositional conversation, you might have, I don't know, bought it more? It might have made the movie flow better? I'm not sure. I... Before, uh, like a week or so ago, I saw a movie called Gunpowder Milkshake. Have you seen this thing? I watched it last night. Yeah. There were... This movie could have stood to be more of that kind of stupid. Like, the doctor part actually reminded me of this. You were talking about that doctor, and I was like, man, what else did I see recently that had like some sort of like weird doctor that fixes up, uh, fixes up people? And then there was that whole bit where the doctor double-crossed her and there was that completely insane action sequence that happened after that where her arms didn't work. That was pretty funny, but I didn't love gunpowder milkshake, but I loved things about it. And it was that kind of stupid that I was hoping to get out of crank. The doctor. uh, So as far as stupid or or at least funny, the doctor, it was a, a character that with a little bit more design, I think might've added something to it. Cause like, him having that conversation on the plane, the joke didn't land as well as they wanted it to, but I saw where they were going with it. Like, he's having the... I can't remember what he says. He's talking on the phone, and there's, like, an old woman next to him, an old man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I bet you got a raging heart on. You got to, like, whatever. He's saying some offensive shit into the phone. And and then he, you know... I don't remember what his line is, but he hangs up the phone or whatever, and he he's like, patience or whatever, you know? I don't, I don't remember what his line was, but it was like, you had a, you had a fair setup here, you know? He's in a... a a public place and he's talking to this ridiculous thing but they didn't they didn't take that doctor who was quirky and drive him weird enough or silly enough to be uh i don't know to be great to be mm-hmm. yeah it was just one missed opportunity after another the um the phone continuity with this movie 
was like all over the map too, right? Like he's got a cell phone. She's got a landline. She's rocking an answering machine. Yeah, with an answering machine. Uh, you know, he like there there were times when I'm sure he would have been better served by having a Bluetooth earpiece. I mean, even though in 2006 maybe we wouldn't have quite the same technology you could still stick a thing in the phone that you put in your ear you know um i I think this Mm -hmm. movie was like hampered a lot by people having to like talk on phones in the car um and i don't know finding a way to write it with less of that might have helped a lot there were a couple scenes where I was wondering where he was keeping the phone. When he was running around in a hospital gown, sometimes you could see both his hands doing stuff. And, like, at one point, you even see he's got the gun, like, tucked under his arm. He had the I'm... phone in his sock, right? Did he? Yeah. Yeah, he stuffed the phone in his oh, sock. Oh, I missed that. All yeah. right. I was like, I think when he, at one point, he jumped on the motorcycle in the, in the gown and, like, you see his ass, and it's like, well, he's naked except for this thing, and now he's driving the motor. Where the fuck's his phone? Also, why did he get naked to put the hospital gown on? Why did he take his underwear off? <laughs> I was, I was totally about to say that. Like, what kind of plan was that? I mean, I guess, I guess all that was gained from it was that we had the joke of having his ass hang out on the motorcycle. But like, that was literally yeah. it. That was all that was gained as by a strategy. It. it was highly flawed. <laughs> like dressing up in a hospital gown sure but getting naked then dressing in the hospital gown, what the point what the hell was that and not for nothing when he was running out this is look there's so many things to pick on about this movie i shouldn't even bring this up but it, it jumped out at me when i was watching it this time with jacqueline they're running through the shirt factory or whatever and like they're coming down the the the, the fire escape outside or whatever and there's this big gun battle and i feel like for a professional assassin, I was like, you know what? He's missing a lot. Like, he's just not landing these blow these bullets. Like, they're just not hitting. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I grew up watching the A-Team. I can let this go. But in the very next scene, he's like spinning the car around, shooting backwards over his shoulder, <laughs> one bullet, and hitting the driver in another car fucking quarter mile back, and that car goes flying. I'm like, you made that shot? You you made the, the behind-the-shoulder moving car to moving car driver in the head take out the whole car shot but you couldn't make the 30 foot away up the fire escape shot because i can make the 30 foot away up the fire escape shot <laughs> so i don't know it jumped out at me it's like that's a very valid point i didn't think about that i did think about you know that he was missing an awful lot during that that scene like this guy's supposed to be really good but then i didn't even think about the fact that just a scene or two later, he's spinning around in cars doing all that crazy stuff and not having any problems there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know, man. I don't even know what else to say about this movie. I, I also watched Chud and Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> you guys took the time to do that? Oh, man. I did not have the time to do that. But, I uh, didn't. Oh, I promised you I was going to do it, and I, both I, didn't watch, I didn't watch either of them. I did, I did watch a bunch of stuff to like try to cleanse my palate of Crank. I mean... I I told you some of it that I watched. Um, I also watched Speed. I was like, I was like, what did this movie think it was oh, going to well, be? Go. And then I I was like, well, let me watch Speed. That's a far superior movie. <laughs> it was definitely uh, a uh, an inspirate. Like, yeah, they didn't come up with this without you know having seen Speed first. Is- and Speed took itself exactly as seriously as it needed to. Like, Speed's how you do this kind of thing. Or uh, what was the train movie? Um, Unstoppable. You guys ever see Unstoppable? No. Oh, that movie's great. 
It's a runaway train movie with Chris Pine and uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah, I've it's seen fantastic. it, but so long ago that I don't remember much of it. The best kind of stupid. It's so great. Just runaway train. I remember, I remember a big plot point was that the track curved, and you had to... Yeah, yeah. oh no, the track's gonna curve. What are they gonna do? You know what, is that... I'm trying to think where this... The uh, did Crank not have a lot of good one-liners? You need some good one-liners in an action movie, right? They they tried that. They tried to sell us that uh, you need a hand, but it just didn't matter. It was kind of a dick thing to do to a guy that was helping you out. Like after he chopped off the one guy's hand, and then he shoots him in the head. Oh, right. He throws the the severed hand to his buddy. Oh, that was messed up. And it's like, and then he said, "You need a hand," and like, first of all, you got to say the cool line. Either right after you kill the bad guy or right before you kill the bad guy. But either way, you've got to direct it at the bad guy. Not your sidekick who's been trying to help you out. They unceremoniously kill him. Right. And you're just going to be a dick to him? Why are you being a dick to him? He's helping you. That guy was nice to him. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So. That's, that's not how to make that line. I'll tell you. About that. I'll tell you that Crank 2 did have some more one-liners. Um. But again, like it was, it was literally the same style and almost plot of the first movie with a lot of the same beats, um, which is why I turned it off. Uh, uh, I mean, it it was it was better, but it was marginally better. Um, uh, yeah. So in in the second one, Chris, you didn't watch any of it. You told me you were going to watch the beginning of it. I was going to try to, but I did not wind up having time. Yeah. And, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I hope they're, I hope they're feeling better. Uh, yeah. In the, in the second one, in the second one, he, he, um, you know, they take out his heart, uh, and go give it to some like head triad guy and he gets this fake heart that he's got to keep juiced or he your it slows down um i think he calls the mob doctor pretty early in that one uh and gets his um you know he gets his instructions uh, about like what he needs to do to shock the heart um and the the mob doctor has some more one liners and like it's, I guess it's a little bit of what you were saying, Sean, is these outlandish things that he says in front of people. Um, so some of that stuff, I guess, lands a little bit better. Uh, Vote for Pedro comes back in the second movie, which I was like, how the fuck is this guy back? He died in the first movie, but I guess it didn't stop them bringing Chelios back. So why would it stop them from bringing the other guy back? But then they reveal that the the new guy is not the same guy from the first movie. It's his twin brother um, who wants revenge for his brother's death. Also uh, in the, you know, in the uh, vein of things that are racially insensitive and uh, you know, and you know, gender and, and um, sexuality uh, uh, offensive. Um, This guy is disabilities insensitive. He's got, uh, he's got, uncontrollable body Tourette's. So 
like every now and then he'll just start like shaking and like cursing and like smashing into things. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what else. Um, there's another like very public. Who does he want revenge against? Everyone that killed his brother's dead. And Chelios tells him that, but then he, you know, he's like, well, I'll help you bring down this guy because you were a friend of my brother or something like that. Um, yeah, there's another very public sex scene with Amy Smart. That's literally, there's a, another very public sex scene with Amy Smart, uh, this time at a racetrack and they like, you know, he's like, I have to rub against people to create static electricity. And they just, you know, he just starts like nailing her in the middle of the racetrack and it's, it's like very over the top gratuitous. Um, so basically after that is when I turned it off. See, now, now I want to watch it. That, that sounds like they went too far. That's great. I need static electricity. I, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> I oh mean, again, it was, it was better, but only marginally better. And it was, it was the same vein and the same style as what was wrong with the first one. So it, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like watching the first one, but with, uh, I don't know, slightly better ideas. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's almost like they fixed none of the big Someone overarching problems and they just fixed minor problems. That's eh, progress. <laughs> I mean, uh, the whole thing just makes me sad. Yeah, it's time I'll never get back. But uh, I don't know. Do we do we have anything else to talk about with this? Are are we done? Can I forget about this movie now? I, yeah, I think so. I I want to be able to say more about it, but I don't have anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 tapped out. There's just not enough. There's just it wasn't even interesting enough to really go even further the, with the so. shootout at the end was weird like i maybe it's because i was so annoyed with the movie by that point anyway but like i i didn't really understand what was happening with that shootout at the end and then the fact that the guy that he saved was sort of the surprise like ace in the hole i was literally like when did you contact this guy and why is he here and what the fuck's happening and how did all those guys miss from that close to range, <laughs> there was like five or six guys with the, the, the supposedly dead guys, I don't know, Chinese mafia, I, I don't know what they were supposed to be. Whatever they were supposed to be. They were all drug dealers, right? Is that what it was? I don't even remember. Whatever. They all had like submachine guns out and they were pointing at the guys and then everyone started shooting. They were like 10 feet away from each other and that, that shootout went on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> How isn't everybody dead instantly? They were, they were so close. Yeah, I think they overestimated my investment in that shootout. <laughs> like, it should, it should have been faster, better, awesomer. It, at that point, it was just too little, too late. Yeah, it seemed like it was supposed to be this like big, clever reveal, and like I just did not care. I could not have given less of a crap at that point. But yeah, that's all. That's all I got. All right, so. Let's get to the fun part. Let's talk about what we're going to do next, because, uh, I don't know, I'm done with this movie. So, uh... Wait. Oh, we're, we're, hang on. No, go ahead. But I can tell you, I can tell both of you, before you even tell me your picks, that I know both of your picks. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm not going to... I don't... Here, I'll, I'll, I'll write it on a piece of paper. Hey, you know what? Send me a Facebook message, but I won't look at it. Well, he's doing that. Uh, real quick, 
I did watch Chud and Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> Chud, I suggest everybody. Uh, so I, I assume from our <laughs> conversation, everyone's saying they wouldn't recommend Crank. Usually, Tris asks. Correct. Yeah, that's right. I, so think we're, we're all I figured that. that was a moot point, but yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. I think it's pretty safe to say that nobody here recommends Crank. Right. Chud, I highly recommend because the ending made no fucking sense. The ending was just like everybody just walked away. They were like, yeah, there's mutant monsters everywhere and like there's an explosion, but like you already know for sure that not all the monsters are where the explosion was. They already got out. They're already killing people in buildings. And then the guy from Home Alone is just like the tall guy from Home Alone. I can't remember his name. He's just like, all right, let's go home. And you're like, but there's still all these monsters everywhere. They just killed John Goodman and like nobody cares. Like they're not in the sewers. We know this for sure. So that was weird. And then Cloak and Dagger, when we got done with that, Jacqueline was just horrified at children in the 80s. Like, you, you said you didn't get a chance to rewatch it? No, I haven't rewatched it in years. It's from my childhood as well, and I loved it as a child. And rewatching it now, I'm like, this is, this is fucked up. It's messed up what kids were allowed to do in the 80s, one. What they thought kids should be doing in the 80s, two. <laughs> and what they were encouraging At one point, Jack... The imaginary friend Jack in the movie tells the little boy, who's the kid from E.T., right? I think so. Uh, who's, like, supposed to be, like, maybe nine in this movie, or ten, something like that. He's young. He's like, this bad guy's chasing him. Mm -hmm. And somehow the kid ends up with the gun, and the imaginary friend's like, kill him. Shoot him. You should kill him. And the kid's like, I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to. And then, like, the bad guy says something, and the kid freaking kills him. Just shoots him dead. Wow. <laughs> and then Jack's like, good work. And they just roll on. Just <laughs> moving on, heading towards the happy ending in five minutes where the kid goes home and like, they're like just, just bullet in his chest. Man is dead. Kid, child, child murder. Child okay. murders dude. And like, there's a lot of buildup to it. It's like, what is this? This got dark. I remember it being a weird movie and I just really why I wanted to watch it. It's a... Uh... Also, the, the the Atari connection, right? Because it was an Atari fifty two hundred cartridge. Or it, was, it was, it was that the secret information was in an Atari cartridge, which that that actually it was a it was a great plot. Like that was all really well done. That, yeah, that there was like was that sh that shop owner that they all hung out with, and then he got killed or something like that. Which Jacqueline also thought was real questionable because it was like the nine year old boy and like this five year old girl that kept going in the back of the the, the store with the, hanging with out the with creepy, this uh, creepy creepy old guy. Yeah, <laughs> so that wasn't great either. But there's a. And they took the bus to the mall together. Like the five-year-old and the nine-year-old <laughs> took the bus to the mall where they hung out a with the creepy time, guy. Right. Apparently, that's where we were at before we got to encouraging the kid to kill the guy. There's a there's a couple of '80s movies that I've rewatched with Nate that I've liked. I've been like, oh god, this did not withstand the test of time. Like this, like we live in a very different world now, and we thought this was okay in the '80s. Um, some of them are definitely on my list for when we get to those those letters of the alphabet. <laughs> well, I very much look forward to it. Indeed, indeed. All right, I I I wrote I put my I I put my predictions for you guys in a Facebook message, which I wholly disagree with Facebook messages because Chris knows why. I'm 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 mad yeah. that they're different apps. But anyway, I put it in a thing for you, Chris. So don't open it until we say all right uh well who wants to go first we're, we're we're gonna do the letter d who wants to go first i'll go first uh so uh, first paul made a guess if you guessed die hard 
That's not what I'm saying. That is my number one action movie of all time, but I assume there's four million podcasts that have already talked about Die Hard. It's the greatest action movie of all time, in my opinion. Number one with a bullet. Great movie. And if you guess Dawn of the Dead, the remake, uh, also not my pick, uh, but it's like my number two or three zombie movie of all time, and I love that movie. Um, but I'm assuming you've both seen it, and again, I'm assuming there's plenty of people who have already talked about that one to death and back again. Um, so my actual pick, if I already subjected both of you to this as children, I'll let you bow out and we could do something else. Cause I, I may, I think I made everybody like, I just used to show this to people cause I freaking love this movie and I haven't watched it in a couple exactly of years. You're talking about too. Do you? I think so. Dead Alive? <laughs> yeah. Paul, have you seen Dead Alive? <laughs> yes, I saw it at your house. <laughs> <laughs> we all slept over your house we watched dead alive and then your mom made a spaghetti after we watched that guy tear him up with his guts and stuff all right well it, i don't know i could replace it with something else like we could just I'm, I'm leaving it you don't have to vote for it we can vote for something else i freaking love that movie it's it's oh god just every time i watch it it brings me joy nice the movie didn't miss a beat <laughs> All right, you want me to go next? Wow. Sure, you go next. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, my pick is going to be a little bit out of convenience, um, and it's going to be a little bit out of, uh, you know, being able to give Chris something to talk about when we talk about how we viewed the movie. Um, so uh, last year, you know, when we were all, like last summer when we were all like highly cooped inside because of the pandemic and we were looking for things to do that entertained our children and didn't involve being in a big group of people. Um, I discovered this uh, drive-in movie theater that's about an hour away from us. Um, it's called the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. I'll give it a plug because it's a cool place. Um, you know, they usually show like cult movies, you know, like they usually... You know, it'll be like, I think they have movies on like the Tuesday and then they do like Friday, Saturday. Um, you know, it'll usually be like a weekend of like weird stuff like, you know, zombie movies or, um, you know, Swamp Thing 1 and 2 or, you know, things like that. Right. Um, so last year I took Nate to see E.T. there um, and then I took him to see an eighties double feature of Goonies and Explorers, um, which he was, nice. yeah, he was out cold by the time Explorers came on. The thing is like, all he really wants to do is set up the tent and camp out in the tent. Like he could care less about the movie. Like we get there, we set up the tent and then I'm like, cool. The movie's going to start soon. And then he's like, can we watch it in the tent? And I'm like, well, like, let's watch the movie and then we can get in the tent to go to sleep. And he's like, yeah, but we could watch it in the tent. And I'm like, I'm like all right, dude. So like, literally we're going to go there to watch movies and he's going to be out cold and then I'll probably finish the night watching them if he'll let me. But, um, in two weeks we're going to go see a, a double feature. Um, uh, the the first one is Adventures in Babysitting, and then the second one is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. The Babysitter's yeah. Dead. What a double so, feature. They so my it. pick's wow. going to be Don't like Tell Mom place. the Babysitter's Dead. Wow. I, I think it probably all comes down to whether you had a bigger 
80s child crush on Elizabeth Shue or uh, Christina Applegate. And I think I think for me it was Christina Applegate. So, Oh, for me it was Elizabeth oh. Shue. But well, all right. I'm looking forward to... And in a weird <laughs> twist, we just watched Adventures in Babysitters. Adventures in Babysitting, like... Uh, oh, God. Uh, maybe three or four weeks ago, I I'd signed up for some limited service for free. Was it was it Paramount Plus? Maybe hmm. and like it was like three weeks free, and I was like, "Have you not seen any of these movies?" And like I think they had that on there. Me and Jacqueline sat and watched it because she had never seen it. D'Onofrio plays Thor, and it's didn't see <laughs> oh, that <wow>. coming. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually seen Adventures in Babysitting either. Oh. Um, I have seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I haven't seen it in ages, which is why that was going to be my pick. So I guess I'm glad I came up with a couple of a uh, couple of options because that oh, was wow. my number one pick. Um, all right, I have two backups, and now I got to choose which one. Um, oh my god, I put two. Right. I put two options for you in the message. Now I'm now I'm now you have to tell us both. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh I'm going to go with I'm going to go with um a movie that I haven't seen in a long long time and I remember thinking it was pretty funny when I saw it. It was directed by Michael Patrick Jan from the state. Uh it's called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh it is a black comedy about a bunch of supermodels or something. That is a great pick. Haven't seen it in forever. I actually almost <laughs> picked that one. That was like that was in the back of my mind to maybe pick that one. <laughs> Uh wow. Nice. That's crazy. My other back my other backup was Double Dragon. I've never oh. seen the Double Dragon movie, and I feel like because I am who I am, I should see it at some point, but I've just never had the nerve. The one that's got like Alyssa Milano? Alyssa Milano and uh the 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 what's it, the original uh Chairman Kaga from uh no the Chairman Kaga from the Iron Chef America and Scott Wolf from Party of Five as the Double Dragons. Like, I have seen it. It's been a while. That and that Mario movie. They used to just put them on TV sometimes, and it was like, I'd just get sucked in. I'd be like, I guess I'm watching this now. Super Super Mario Brothers is not a good movie, but it's fascinating enough to watch. Double Dragon has always looked to me like just a complete disaster. It is. It is a complete disaster. (laughs) Uh how am I the only one of the three of us who's never seen that it's movie? Wild that you haven't seen it, man. <laughs> I actually, but yeah. So yeah, Drop Dead Gorgeous is my uh, my. I project. actually went and saw a live recording of another podcast that ripped apart the Double Dragon movie. Um, so maybe it's good that we're not <laughs> doing that one. Although I, I think that you should watch it. Um, yeah, it's a total disaster. Um, I will say that the uh, the crown jewel joke of the movie that they ke- they keep rehashing it and it's not funny any of the times they do it is the the two brothers are the lee brothers right like that's their last name uh-huh. lee um yeah billy and yeah well the big joke is the lee brothers ug and home which one are you i'm ugly i'm homely so that's the uh, wow. they, they revisit that joke at least three times and it's not funny either of the three that's so quality comedy right there <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's time to, to, to put things to a vote. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to, since we can't vote for our own, I'm definitely going to vote for Paul's uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Uh, oh, I, I don't want to force you into a corner, Sean. Who should go next? Because I think last time I 
<laughs> I did the next pick. Uh, I I think I'm actually going to vote for Chris's because I've never seen it. I've seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I couldn't. I you know, I could stand to rewatch it, but I've never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous. Okay, then I have to vote for Drop Dead Gorgeous since I was I was gonna. I, that was one of my thoughts anyway, and uh, and it's a great movie, and uh, uh, I would love to watch it again. What were your guesses? All right, let's see what his guesses were. What did Paul think we were going to watch? Go ahead. All right, Chris, maybe Die Hard, maybe Dutch. Oh, oh Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> what a good call. <laughs> and you nailed it with Sean dead alive. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you guessed that. I was so sure. I was so sure that I knew both of your picks. <laughs> Unbelievable. I didn't. I made that decision tonight. Like I was like, "What D movie should I pick?" <laughs> Paul knew before you did. Uh, Dutch is. A I great know pick. you better uh, than you know yourself. <laughs> Both of those are phenomenal picks, but they're so they're so tied to specific holidays for you, right? Isn't Dutch about getting home at Christmas time? Right? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I don't yeah. know. It's been a while. Maybe it's Christmas. Planes. Yeah. Every cause, well, because we <laughs> watch Die Hard every year. Die Hard Thanksgiving. Die Hard is like Karen's favorite "quote unquote" Christmas movie, uh, so you know that that that's that's just something I watch literally at least once a year. Uh, and Dutch, we watched Dutch last year for the first time in a while, or the year before. We always watch planes, trains, and automobiles at uh, Thanksgiving. But good picks. God, planes, trains, and automobiles—that's one of the funniest movies of all time. It's oh my god, it's so good, <laughs> Chris. Yeah, I th- I I I thought you I, you were gonna go with Dutch because. Um, I think when we were in high school and, uh, and you know, like, like somebody had an issue and they wanted to talk and you were like, let's put something on in the background. You would put on Dutch. <laughs> you were like, I'm just going to put this on the background. <laughs> so that was why I thought that would be your movie. And then Sean, I just, I knew that it, it was going to be dead alive. Like I just, you subjected all of us to that so many times. I knew it was going to be dead alive. <laughs> Dutch is indeed a Thanksgiving movie. Trying to get home for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, all right. Like planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I guess then uh, our homework for next time is a uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. I remember thinking this movie was pretty great back in the day. Uh, and, you know, Michael Patrick Jan from the state. So, huzzah. Uh, all right, that, that's it. We did another podcast. The Theater Near You is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network, and if you'd like to get in touch with us to share more com- share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. You can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, uh, which we started a Theater Near You channel in, which we've all been talking about movies in there, which has been pretty fun. Uh, and uh, any other stuff you can all find in our show notes. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time in a Theater Near You. Mm-hmm.